Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dustin's Vinyl. How's it going? Um, I hope everybody's doing well in this crazy world we live in. Uh, today, what I'm doing is uh, sometimes I'll uh, hit a like a thrift shop or a Salvation Army type store. And what's great is you can get vinyl for like a dollar sometimes, $2, you can get some really good vinyl. The only problem is sometimes you'll get a, a great album that might have some scratches on it. So this is kind of a hack trick. Um, if you if you play the album and you have some scratches on it, get yourself a toothpick. All right, most people have a toothpick, and you want to kind of be very careful. But you'll you'll be able to catch the uh, you know where it's scratching when you play it, and you kind of watch where you know the song skips. So take a uh, a toothpick and kind of like clean out that groove where you feel the scratches. Clean, you know, just kind of like you know stroke it in clockwork you know motion or whatever and then after you do that you spray it with a little alcohol and then you get yourself a, a nice vinyl brush and you just kind of like you know just kind of like stroke it out you know what i mean get rid of the scratch just a little hack tip for uh, you vinyl people out there that might have a scratch record nothing worse than a scratch bon jovi record or something all right <laughs> hey it's good to see everybody we're having fun it's good to be back here i was on the road i had a lot of record stores i was on the road i was in columbus ohio and a lot of cool places i would just shout out to some really cool record stores uh use kids records really cool and uh magnolia thunder pussy <laughs> as good as as good as the name very cool vinyl collection. Um, it was really cool to kind of be in some record stores. Columbus had a great vinyl uh, scene, if you will. So we're going to do the random pull of the day. I'm going to uh, pull this one. And uh, this is actually a brand new album. This is ACDC's brand new album. It came out this weekend. Phenomenal album. Um, it really, truly is. I listen to this album um, over and over. I really enjoy it. It's uh, they really went out of their way to make it feel like an old school, you know, ACDC album. You got the, the, the pull out thing and everything. And you got the uh, I love the little inserts, you know, all the fun inserts. And I'm a huge ACDC fan. And it's so cool that they have a new album. They got the red. I love a I love a colored vinyl. And uh, this album is a lot of fun, man. It's just it has an old school feel. It's kind of a, a tribute to Malcolm Young, who passed. And they really did a great job in kind of making this album sound like, you know, a real ACDC album. And uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of just any of their work, you're going to love this album. And their past, you know, a couple of albums have been great. They, you know, a lot of times bands, you know, they say, oh, I hate the newer stuff. I've en I enjoy Black Eyes, uh, Rock or Bust. I enjoyed those. And I really love this album. It's got some really good hits on it. It, uh, you know has just some, you know, just amazing, uh, I guess the big one is Shot in the Dark is the, uh, the single, and uh, Kicking When You're Down is great, and it just has great ACD anthem stuff. I was on Facebook the other day, and I was having a fight with somebody and over music, which is great, because I love fighting over things that matter, not politics, but things like music and sports. So <laughs> if you want to fight me, fight me on that stuff that's, that's the kind of shit I want to argue about, not, not Democrat, Republican. I want to argue music. Some guy was saying that uh, ACDC is a one-trick pony. And I've heard that a lot. My girlfriend and I almost broke up when she said all the songs sound the same. And I said, okay, this is, they're not the Ramones, okay? And so I basically, um, you know, I'll fight truth and nail to that because I think ACDC, if you're a fan of the, if you're a fan of the guitar, it's impossible not to be a fan of ACDC. Um, and, uh, you know, it's Angus is amazing in this, and he plays such good songs and solos, a lot of good solos. 
And the fact that here's the deal is one, one thing we've learned this year is age doesn't matter. So <laughs> you got Tom Brady, you know, throwing well. You got it. We have an old ass president coming up and ACDC, ACDC still rocking, man. This is a great album. Uh, Power Up is the name of the album. Um, get it on vinyl. It's really cool. It uh, has a great sound on vinyl. Um, just and it just it really was exciting to 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 really just go out and 2020 has been a shitty year. It's uh, we you know we've, we've, a lot of loss and nobody's working. And then but but at least one good thing that we can say is ACDC has released a brand new album, and that makes 2020 a little bit better. So if you get a chance, get the new ACDC album. I'm very excited. And uh, so, yeah, so rock on, everybody. Woo, ACDC is the band. So with that, I'm going to bring in, uh, I know he's a lover of this band as well. I'm going to bring in uh, the uh, my buddy, my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Paul. What's up, buddy? Hey, Dustin, how was life on the road? How was Columbus? Life was great. You know, it was great to kind of, uh, you know, be a comic again, you know, performing and, you know, great crowds and then going to record stores and just kind of, you know, that road life that I'm, I'm used to. I got to feel a little bit of it. I only have a few left this year, but that was a it was a good experience. How much did you miss it? A lot, man. I mean, you know, it's just like it's who we are. You know, once you've tasted it, it's you know, it's a big part of your life. Just going to different towns and entertaining people. And then and then what I love is partaking of the town. And that's and I usually always go to record stores and there's like tons of them in uh, Columbus. I was really impressed with their with their vinyl stores, man. They're everywhere. And they're so cool too. Like uh, so you'll go in and they'll have like a Kiss pinball machine, and and they got like you know good music playing, and like it's just an experience. Like they really bring back kind of that experience of when we grew up with you know uh, record stores. And there's you know so it's cool they're bringing it back. I used to spend hours in record stores. I owned the, a record store. The greatest, I, mean, I still do. It's great. It's like it's, you should do it now. Just find a record. You just, I just did it before this show started. I was there's a, there's a place called Hi-Fi Records. It's in my neighborhood. It's in the end of Dittmar's in Queens, New York. It's a small little spot, and it's all vinyl. And it's like hmm. it, it's amazing that this kind of art form is still alive. That people just go in. You're sifting through records. It's a good way to spend some time. You know. And listen, I also got to take exception. Yes. Who said ACDC is a big <laughs> point? I don't want to call them out. I don't want to uh, call them out. But I've heard it a lot, and I understand I, what they're I, saying. I mean, no, no, you know. no. I don't understand. First well, of all, I understand, just like I understand. Really? You know, bon I Scott, understand why people disagree. But you know, go ahead. Bon Scott, Brian Johnson. First of all, it's ACDC. That both versions are great. Sound nothing alike. I agree. Um, I, I just think people, here's the deal. Like what I argued was, look, there's two albums that stand out as masterpieces to me with ACDC. It's Dirty Deeds and Back in Black. I have to feel those are two perfect albums and they're, and they're, and the Dirty Deeds is kind of weird and fun. And that's why I like it. it's kind of their experimental album. And then Back in Black is just, if I had to have three albums, that would be one of them that I had to like be on an island with because it's just a perfect album. And all those songs sound so different, you know, shoot to thrill, have a drink on me with the most under, you know, I, you know, I hate that phrase, but underrated song of ACDC is, you know, that was such a bluesy sound. But this has some of that in it, man. It has some like, you know, really cool. Song. Demon Fire is a really cool song. And, you know, ACDC they just do such a great job just like marketing and then you know, just the producing value of this is phenomenal. And I'm telling you, these guys still rock. And that's what I loved about it, that they squeezed the one album out. They're in the 70s. And yeah, they, they're still rock. Is there a better, is there like a, a, a song that gets you more pumped and heavier than Whole Lot of Rosie? 
That's a great song. Love uh, that song. My my favorite ACD song is probably Hell's Bells. I love that. That's a great this, song too. Just the bells my ringing. Off of, yeah, my favorite uh, off of Back in Black. Yeah, I, you know, and this this is cool, man. You're, this is going to be a favorite, man. If you, I mean, I this is. I'm not saying it's their best, but it's their top five. I mean, they really did outdid themselves. And it's you know what what makes this album good is I don't feel they put it out because they needed to put it out. You know, if it's a labor of love, you feel that. And, uh, and it's also like, you know, how like a comic, you know, after years and years, you know, they just, they get better and better with the material. And I think it is, you know, they've played for so long. It's like they, they're getting, you know, they're still getting better, if you will. I mean, they're still like, you know, an amazing, well, What you else know, are you going to do during this time, Dustin? You, you mean this, if you're going to put out, you know, no, this is the time to put out new music. Well, when you're 70 no. and a multimillionaire and you've accomplished I suppose, all the stuff, not everybody's producing albums, but, you know, I'm glad they did. But I think if you, I mean, listen, these guys still want to be relevant. Um, Brian Johnson almost lost his voice and almost could never He's perform deaf. again. He's almost deaf. And that there's some great interviews on Spotify where he, they had to do some technology stuff so he could act, he couldn't even hear what they were playing. And he's, and you know, he's singing to this music that he can barely hear. So, yeah, I mean, it, it these guys are banged when, up, man. <laughs> well, Dustin, it makes sense. rocking. <laughs> you know what their encore was for years? Which one? For those about to rock. Oh. And you know how the song ends? There's 21 cannons going off. Oh, yeah, off. I've seen the concert. Have you, I saw them live. They were great. <laughs> right. Yeah. So can you imagine that? Like, like that's going off in your, your ear for like a number oh. of years. 21 gun salute and they just shoot off cannons. They're a band. That's their instrument. Cannons. They have cannons. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I mean, ah! you don't get more rock and roll than that. I mean, you're shooting freaking cannons into the crowd. No, but no, we're not doing today. We're not talking rock and roll on today's featured pick. Maybe we are. Well, ooh, we could be. We could be because here we go. Maybe we are. You ready for it? Here we go. I'm wearing this hat in honor. Um, We are going to be talking about yeah, and 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 this Adidas. Ah, yeah, you know it. Very subtle reference there, Dustin Chafin. (laughs) Very subtle reference. Yes, and if if you haven't picked up the clues yet, we are talking about Run DMC's third album, Raising Hell. There it is. Raising Hell. Dustin Chafin has Raising Hell. Uh, This came out. All the way back in 1986. That's wow. how long ago. That's a long, long time, time ago, bro. That's time the Mets won the World Series. Exactly. <laughs> um, produced <laughs> by really, you know, yeah, he was kind of hands on a little bit. Um, Russell Simmons and uh, a young upstart named Rick Rubin. Okay, Rick is um, the best. He is, and if you when you listen to this album, lot you can hear a lot of. Uh, Paul's Boutique Beastie Boys in this album. Sure, um, absolutely. What's interesting about this album is uh, just a couple of facts before we start talking about the tracks. It is the first platinum and multi-platinum uh, hip-hop uh, record. Um, it only peaked as high as number three. I thought this, you know, with the amount of hits on it, there were four major hits off this album. I thought it would have been a number one album. I was mistaken. It was a little racist, you know? That's they were racist. Um, but the hits are, are huge, man. Like my Adidas, walk this way. You know, oh, the first way, mashup between rock and rap. Uh, you had Tyler and Perry actually singing on it. They didn't sample, they re-recorded it, they sang. UB Illin is on this one, and yeah. so is it's tricky. Those were the four right. major singles, all huge singles. Oh, but let's so talk good. about the tracks, Dustin. Yes, go ahead. And what was cool about it was the first track was Peter Piper. 
And there was a reason why they went with this as the first track and the title of the song is because, remember, it's 1986. Rap is kind of in its newest stages. And rock critics and pop critics used to refer to rap as nursery rhymes. So this is kind of like Run DMC saying, all right, a little fuck you to them about that. It's not a nursery rhyme. And they picked Peter Piper because it you know, was the name of a, a, of Were a nursery Were people really rhyme. saying that? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I rem- Well, this is around the time that uh, I had my record store. I had my record store okay. a couple of years earlier. I, had, I was just getting out of college in 86. Um, yeah, but that was always like the thing about hip hop back then. People just said that, like, just like, oh, it's yeah, like it nursery kind of, rhymes. It was kind of dismissed. You <laughs> really? Know? Okay. Yeah. Because remember, at that time, you also had groups like Houdini. They were kind of big. And, you know, uh, ooh, Public Enemy changed the game because they became more political. And yeah, the sure. last track on this album, you could kind of see where Run DMC is going, where they're also going to become a little political. And that was uh, the song. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Proud to be black. Uh, that's the last song on it, and they wrote this because it was a time like where things were just starting to change, and things you know you start to see more of a pl- a pro black sentiment uh, with Public Enemy, and you know they're really not a political group. Um, they rap about things like Adidas. Okay, you know, uh, they talk, yeah. you know, they, they you know, they they mashed a, a lot of, uh, you know, they talked a lot of positivity. They not a lot of cursing in their songs, you know, although they drop a, a motherfucker in this album as well. Um, it's important. You yeah. got to drop something. I dropped something. <laughs> the second type of song on the album is my favorite. It's a uh, it's tricky. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Um, and this was this was sampled off of uh, from. The Knacks, My Sharona. Uh, you remember that song? Of course. Yeah. Uh, and if you uh, ever, yeah, if you ever watch the um, the video, it's it's an insanely great video. Penn and Teller in it, uh, and there's high production on it. And when if you listen to the song, I pick up it's a it's kind of like an anti drug song because one of the lines that stuck out to me was you know they 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 offer uh, dope and lots of coke, but we just learn to leave it alone. Whether they really believe that or not, I don't know about that, especially uh, Jam Master J. But <laughs> oh, he did some coke for sure. <laughs> oh, he did some coke. For you. He did. He did a bunch the of eighties. Everybody coke. did coke. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> okay, Gordon. Debbie Gibson did coke. It was the eighties. Yeah. Thank you, Gordon Gecko over there. <laughs> what happened? I called you Gordon Gecko. Gordon Gecko. Yeah, come on, Wall Street reference. Oh, got you, guys. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. I did. Yeah, because yeah, everyone did coke. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. You're I, right. You're I, right. You're I right. Sorry. Wait for that joke. Okay? It <laughs> it's hard to hear sometimes. It's Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to step on your punch. Keep going. Whatever. You're doing great, buddy. Keep going. Okay. And then now, look. This the third song. My Adidas. Dustin's Adidas. Okay. Um, it was smart. Because it got the group a commercial um, endorsement, they were able to make a little bit of money on it, and um, that was definitely all Russell Simmons' idea. Okay, um, yeah. And know what the funny thing about? If you remember back in the day, Dustin, in the day, um, Adidas wasn't the most popular band. Uh, brand, you still had Reeboks that were bigger. Fila was 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 yeah. Was Reebok was Reebok was the shit. Was those, everybody was got shit. those red ankle like uh, Reeboks. In my, I don't know. They kind of went up to the ankle. They weren't uh, they weren't basketball shoes, but they kind of wrapped around the ankle. The red red Reeboks were everywhere when I was a kid. Okay, so you remember? Yeah, I remember yeah. like Elijah ones. I don't know who put it out. Could have been a Reebok, 
Um, but yeah, no, that was later. Elijah ones were maybe a little bit later. Yeah. Um, no, I've been around this time. But anyway, my point is Adidas wasn't that big. They made Adidas. Sure. You know, um, and again, Russell Simmons idea to kind of put that one on the uh, album. And then the fourth one is, you know, just it's a game changer in music, in my opinion, was Walk This Way. I think it's, so, too. Yeah, it's the first rack, uh, rock, rap mashup. Um, it's I think when you when you hear this, you know, you you can, you can see where, you know, uh, probably uh, Kid Rock must have listened to this and, and liked it. Limbistic. You know, I'm thinking of these bands that kind of like, you know, do rack, rap and rock. Lincoln Park. Yeah, Lincoln right. Park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, it re- this is also the song that kind of crossed them over into like white middle class kids, you know, in the suburbs. Everyone knew uh, um, Aerosmith and Aerosmith also 86. They're kind of on the decline a little bit. And, yeah. and this brings them back. Sure. Um, I remember I was in middle school when this came out and uh, it was the biggest thing in the world because in Texas we were running around and, you know, we were listening to all the, you know, stuff that was popular, Prince or Loverboy or whatever the hell was happening in the yeah, 80s exact, or whatever. But it's like, um, you know, when this album came out, it was just I remember the video was a big deal. And and, you know, and that's the thing, too, is like a lot of times, you know, you're not introduced to culture or race of people or a vibe of music unless, you know, you see it on the stuff that you're watching, which is MTV or whatever. So if they bring it to you, then you see it. Otherwise, you don't know to seek it out. You know, now I feel like kids can seek out stuff a lot easier than before, because when we were kids, it was whatever's on the radio. And then it became whatever's on MTV. And that was it. And that was that's how you got your information. And uh, so this video was so cool because it it kind of opened your mind to this new music that was being spliced in rotation, too. Heavy rotation and funny. And that's one thing about yeah, I yeah, love yeah. about Run DMC. Hilarious, kind of a kind of tongue in cheek to the kind of you know uh, make hip hop and rock and the thing. And yeah, it just it really added this energy to music that we'd never seen before. And the uh, it was Rick Rubin. It was his idea to mash these two artists. Yeah, up. Rick Rubin is is just one of the greatest things ever happened to music. And, you know, I, I was uh, listening to a thing with him and he basically said, look, here's what happened with me and Russell Simmons. I said, hey, Russell, <laughs> I have some great music ideas. And Russell was like, yeah, you're just a kid in college. I don't got time for it. He's like, how about this, Russell? How about I do everything and you just be my partner and put my name on, put my name on the thing. And he was like, okay. And so Rick did everything far musically. He did everything. I, but like you said, with the Adidas, stuff, Russell took it to the next level because you have to have those connects in order to make it in, you know, in the, in the music industry. And so, but Rick is, Rick has an ear for music. That's just, it, it's phenomenal. What Absolutely. he, what he has done for so many people. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because when you, you go down a couple of tracks and you go to the title track, Raising Hell. Um, great, great song. It's heavy. It's a heavy track. Yeah, I wasn't that familiar with it. It's been a while since I've listened to them, yeah. and it was like great to hear certain songs you're not that familiar with because you you heard them early on, and then you hear them now, you're like, oh, okay, this is great. And the thing is, I liked the, the previous two albums too because I liked Rock Box. That was always one of my favorite songs. And then the second uh, album, um, uh, King of Rock, also real heavy. But on Raising Hell, you know that guitar, that's Rick Rubin playing. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's playing a, a heavy guitar on there. Um, this is kind of like um, hip-hop almost becoming punk. 
you know, uh, for, for the time. I see where you're going with that. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, a version of it, sure. Okay. Um, But yeah, then we skipped over two tracks, and um, it was in uh, the sixth track, Hit and Run, where uh, just a couple things that stood out on this is uh, it's run beatboxing, and he he does a good job beatboxing. Beatboxing is still a thing in 86, and um, that was the first time on a a DMC record where you hear them drop a a motherfucker. Um, But if you listen to the whole album, the whole album definitely sounds very, very period. You know, you, you can, if I just put this on to you and didn't even tell you who the artist is, you would, you, and I said, Dustin, just tell me what era you think this came out in. You would definitely say this sounds 80s. It I disagree, man. I disagree really? wholeheartedly on that. Yeah, I was listening <clears throat> to this um, a lot this weekend. And it's like, first of all, musically it's it's really complex once you get past the rhymes and the hooks and all that i mean there's some really interesting music that's happening and so i don't know i think it i mean you would hear the rhymes and whatnot and be familiar with run dmc but if you're not familiar with run dmc at all i think it would hold up now i really do because it's such a fusion of Mm. music i really feel like with the stuff that's happening with the guitar and the rap and the stuff i don't know i know what you're saying because it's such a symbolic kind of you know this band was such a symbolic part of the 80s but i really feel it holds up it doesn't date itself like a lot of like hair metal bands and stuff but for me personally i mean whatever it's not you know i i just feel like it's more complex musically than i think people give it credit for it is i mean especially when um i think the track you be illing because there's not a there's not a lot of of rap tracks that I know of that use a saxophone in it and yeah, all kinds of music in this. Yeah. And, it, and, and it's kind of inspired by uh, Prince's raspberry beret. You know, if you, if you really like uh, kind of like listen to it, at least that's what run uh, had said at one point. Um, but I think like the use of the, um, of, of the drum, uh, the drum, you know, beat, you know, the beat, you know, the drum machine. I that's think, the only thing that I think makes it sound really 80s is the drum machine. Well, that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's it has like, that's when you such start a to, distinct sound. Yeah. That, that's that. That's definitely what makes it sound that, you know, but everything else I feel is, you know, definitely the guitar and all that sounds, you know, modern or whatever. That's always what made them stand out. Uh, you know, like this, like I said, this is that third record and they kind of blended that rock, rock and rap together. I, I, and that's what drew me to them. I, I love them. Um, and then I thought, you know, probably the, um, the song that I probably liked the least on the album was the second to last song, Dumb Girl. Um, you know, it was really kind of a, it was a funny song made fun of gold diggers and everything. It, it, it didn't really like, um, it didn't, it didn't really stand out to me, but there's one thing I found out about it is um, at the time you had a young kid. I mean, he was 17 years old and he goes uncredited, but he contributed lyrics to it. And that kid turned out to be LL Cool J. Hey, you know? heard him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he wound up doing okay for himself. <laughs> and, you know, and later on, he winds up having Rick Rubin produce um, uh, Rock the Bells, you know, the first LL Cool uh, J and then the second one, you know, yeah, Miles yeah, yeah. Knock Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, a, a song like that, that's why it's kind of the sense of humor thing, you know, I feel like that's, that song has a little bit of sense of humor and, you know, with girls and stuff, but uh, yeah, and, that, and that's what might date it 
a little bit of the album too is some of the misogyny stuff and you know it's funny when you watch stuff now like watching you know, i remember I, I watched purple rain recently and i'm like whoa you can do any of that now like <laughs> like he throws her in a dumpster like you know all this stuff. like it's just all this like you know you know just a kind of a pc culture that we have now but uh you know it's just such a fun album it's really great when you listen to it from you know the top to to the to the end is really great because it just it flows nice and the songs are a lot longer than I realized. And, you know, there's a lot of like instrumentals that are happening, which is the, which I was talking about earlier about the music being more complex where I didn't really notice that. Cause when you're a kid and all this is happening and it's run DMC and the problem with music videos is music videos have ruined music for so long because it's like, it's almost like you watch when you watch a music video and most of us did at this time, it's like you're concentrating more on the imagery and the story of the video and the stars in the video. And you lose a lot of the music aspect of it, of what's happening musically. And that's what's cool when you don't have a music video and you listen to something that maybe you listened to when you were a kid and you hear it now and you start to pick up on the things, you know. Well, what I did, what I do with like all these albums, um, I'll listen to them while I'm at the gym. I'll listen to it like when like I'll park my car and I'm walking to a spot. You know, and I'm and I'm just like listening. I'm just I just want to see what catches my ear. What's the thing that keeps standing out to me about it? You know, and I'll listen yeah. to these albums a few times before we come on here and start talking about them. And like I said, the thing that stood out to me was was the drum beats on on the album. To me, it sounds it sounds very very period. And I think the hits are the hits, man. They are. I mean, they're just not good. They're great. They're all time great. You know, yeah. especially walk this way. It's all. I mean, we've heard it a million times, but it, it, it's something that I think changed music. Uh, I think that alone gets Run DMC to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over a lot yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a good. You know, when Tyler comes in and the vocals and then Perry's with the guitar. I mean, it sounds. It's just such a such a great fusion, and I love fusion. I feel like. You know, I feel like this band and th this particular song kind of sums up who I am. You know, it's like I like a lot of different culture of things. And I think that's what this song brings. And I think it, uh, you know, um, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like the Beastie Boys, I feel like Run DMC is, is God. Uh, the Beastie Boys are Jesus and Rick Rubin is the Holy Spirit, you know, and it's like this thing that is that kind of created this beautiful genre of music that's in and of itself and other things have spawned from it. But this, you know, this this band in particular, you know, really spawned a lot of different bands. And, and like you said, Kid Rock and those kind of things. And, uh, you know, it's just really cool that, uh, you know, they took a took a risk on this album. I feel like there's a lot of experimentation happening. And I love that in music. You know what's pretty cool is I think on this album, and I think um, that the, the, not the EP, the, the first full length Beastie Boy, Boys uh, album came out. Uh, the, um, no Sleep Till Brooklyn on it. Uh, Fight for Your Life at the Party. You, you know which one I'm talking about, License right? License to Ill. Yeah. Uh, License to Ill. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, okay. I think uh, they, I know they both toured together. I think it may have been supporting uh, this album and License to Ill. They, you know, I remember they played Madison Square Garden. I mean, they were yeah. playing. I mean, that's how big. I mean, Run DMC went from playing, you know, maybe 2,000 seat venues to co-headlining with the Beastie Boys playing Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's the jump up yeah, that this album right. did for them. Well, that's the genius behind, you know, I feel like, and like you said, that what launched them was, you know, the Walk This Way video and stuff. And I feel like, you know, it just really popped them 
and just made him a household name. And hip hop became popular after that. And then there were bands like Tone Loke and Young MC and, you know, and, and all this stuff kind of this, you know, it started being more mainstream and, you know, That's right. white kids were kind of getting into different kind of music and it wasn't, you know, so it was, it was a good, it was a good time for, for people and music and, you know, just like, God forbid, you know, we just kind of get, you know, attach ourselves to something different that we're not familiar with. And it made me want to be in New York. I remember, you know, Run DMC was very, you when know, this came out, you were still in Texas. Of course. Yeah. I, ah. yeah, it was junior high, dude. I grew up in Texas, man. Yeah. I've only, I've only lived in New York since, you know, late twenties, but uh, yeah. So I'm in Texas. Hey, listen, and I'm, I'm sorry. I missed the A&E biography about <laughs> Dustin J. <Jay. laughs> I've only spent like, you know, nine car rides with you. <laughs> <laughs> going yeah, to you gotta remember, shitty firehouses. You, you, you know, you know. <laughs> I was a kid in Texas. I was a kid. You would know if I was a kid in New York. I wasn't a kid in New York riding the subway when I was 12. I was in Texas. I came to New York, then did comedy. I, I wasn't like doing stand-up in the eighth grade. Anyway, I love you. But when but, you were a kid in Texas, did you did you go out and buy these albums? Like you went to record stores in it? And, yeah, and, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like Camelot Music was a big one. That was a big record store that they had in the mall. And and um, yeah, I mean, Tower Records, that was all here. I mean, when I was in college, it was Tower Records. But when I was a kid, it was like these, whatever's in the mall. Like, you know, there was like different, a couple different chains that they had. And then my favorite was um, the, uh, I, I still owe them money. The biggest hack joke ever, the Columbia House records. Oh, sure. Those are the best. <laughs> you would, you know, for the, you the would literally, the penny. literally, yes, literally tape a penny to a postcard thing and then put it in the mail. And then you would just get 10 free records and you're supposed to pay for them. Nobody ever did. Nobody ever paid. No. But how great was it when you got that box when it was delivered oh, to your house? It's phenomenal. And you, and you got like 10 albums. Like it was, it was like so stimulus great. overload. I was it really so was. excited. So exciting. Yeah. And that was, you know, music was exciting, you know, the eighties and the, the late seventies and eighties, mostly, you know, it was just 80s was great for music. It was a lot of fun, you know, it was like, music was fun again. And I feel like, and this band was one of those bands that kind of like, you know, just really just opened it up and made it exciting. Absolutely. It was so cool. And they Absolutely. were huge celebrities too. They were everywhere. And it's like, it was fun to see that. And uh, one of the moments that I have is when I was in New York, um, I did a show for the troops. It was, uh, it was fleet week in New York city and it was probably, it was probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little further out than that, maybe 11 or 10 or 11. And, uh, they were having a USO show and they had the Washington Redskin cheerleaders. And then they had a musical act who was Daryl DMC run wasn't with him, but it was Daryl by himself. And he was performing, he did like eight songs by himself. And, uh, he, he had, uh, you know, DJ wasn't Jay, but he had a DJ guy and he did the songs and it was really bizarre to see him. And I was the comedian. And so it was me, uh, Jay, and then these cheerleaders were running around and stuff. And so, and it was in, uh, uh, Webster hall. And it was like, it was oh, the wow. middle of the day. Ed Koch was there for like some weird reason. And it was, <laughs> I mean, he hadn't been mayor in years. He was just randomly there. And it was just like this, you know, kind of tribute to the troops. So I got to hang out with Daryl. And so we were kind of in the green room together. And, you know, I was like, dude, I'm a huge fan, whatever. And I have pictures. I'll send a picture so we can put it up with this. But it was like, you know, we got to hang out and I got to, you know, he's like, out there doing proud Mary and all this stuff. And it was so cool. It's like he, uh, you know, just kind of did it by himself, which was, you know, it felt a little off because it was like, you really need run, but, <laughs> but he did a good job. But did it you was, have another guy up there with him? No, he's by himself. 
He was just kind of like, I'm DMC and uh, we're going to do this. And he just did his thing. And it was, I mean, it was cool. You know, he was still, he was right. He was doing the same songs. It was just by himself, you know? What a weird, what a weird show. Like you just, just DMC, Mm -hmm. Ed Koch and the Washington Redskins cheerleaders. You got to think about the military, a lot of dudes. So it's kind of perfect. I, I, I kind of get Ed Koch was just saying, "God bless the troops." He wasn't doing. He wasn't doing time. He was just like, "God bless the troops." I was gonna say, I get all. the cheerleaders. I can see the comedian. Yeah, what's Ed, what's Ed Koch doing there? He's just saying, "God bless the troops." How am I doing? I think they had a guy from The Sopranos there too. They just had they just had Why like random people just yeah. being like, "We love the troops." It was you know that's all it was. It was during you know we were in Afghanistan heavy in the beginning and all that. So it was just you know it was that kind of thing. It was just more of a troops. I've done a lot of weird shows. Every USO show, show I've ever done, I mean, it's been like just kind of bizarre shows. I did one with Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead, and he's just you know he's he just kind of he just do? he's just there just and being Bruce what? Campbell, and he'll <laughs> sign shit and he'll like talk to the troops. It's like it's not a show show like they'll have a they'll have a they'll have a comic they'll have a band and then they'll have a dude that's just kind of interacting with the troops and the cheerleaders are kind of like taking pictures and kind of dancing during the music and you know and then ed Koch is just coming in (laughs) support the troops. so you always have a guy that's like hey you know it's like we love you it's like celebrity yeah you know celebrity stuff it's not they're not performing or anything but uh, yeah, so anyway, th- that's kind of all what that was. But it was great, you know, just being able to like get some cool pictures and hang out with with Daryl. And so, you know, I feel like it was, you know, hip hop royalty, you know. So it was fun. Oh, that, absolutely. That's hip hop royalty. So it was great. It. Yeah, that was my big uh, DMC story. I wish I had a run DMC story, but I have a DMC story. <laughs> Listen, you hold on, hold on. And maybe in the future, you know. I might just get a run story. I'll take a run. Then I could just combine the two stories. You and then I got the, yes. I got the band. And you know, you knew that um, that run is uh, Daryl Simmons' brother, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Stuff that people who may not know that. No, no. no. I, I did a little research. I looked up. Yeah, okay, Dustin. Okay. I try, you know, man. I don't do as much as you. I'm, but uh, <laughs> I try to do a little bit. I can't retain as much as you. <laughs> this is all I bring to the I did table. A lot more drugs than you did. <laughs> so my brain doesn't hold too much in there. But uh, anyway, that that that's that's my review of of. Um, is Adam? Are you uh, a Run DMC fan? Adam went to the, he went to Papa John's. Yeah, maybe he went to the bathroom. <laughs> you, you know, I was I was looking at some of these um, for this week coming up, November twentieth. Yes, uh, some new music that's coming what out. You got talk to me. Not nothing really big. It's the following week, you know, where it, it's bigger because uh, this week you're gonna have a uh, Dave Mason. Remember Dave Mason, original member, I believe, of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm a big fan. Um, you're not you a fan of Fleetwood re- Mac, right? No, I'm not. Um, you have a reissue, though. Of, you would be surprised. I li- like this artist, but I was always a big Jewel fan. Okay, yeah. so we're going to have to end the show. Uh, all right, everybody. <laughs> come on. You, oh, come on. Hey, you so- don't like Fleetwood Mac, but you like Jewel? Come on, yes. man. How yes, do you make that she- jump? How do you make that jump? Fleetwood Mac is amazing. They changed music, too, man. They did a <laughs> lot of stuff for music and, like, formed a kind of a genre. I mean... Like Stevie Nicks is a badass, bro. I'm sorry. She's a badass. Y'all oh, put her up God. against any dude singer ever. She's a no, badass. I, She's a rock I, star, man. I'd like two songs by Fleetwood Mac. That's, that's, right, it. Bro, that's two songs. That's, that's, I'd like, I'd like you know, to, how hard it is to get people to like two songs. 
I'm not. I didn't say anything. <laughs> suck. Oh, like, I like two U2 suck. songs. Like it, sometimes that's, that's it? what it is. Yeah, not a big fan. See, you're not a big fan of. I'm not a huge fan of U2. I was, and then I got just burnt out. I got burned out. There's a lot of bands. Do, don't you feel that way? Where it's like that's what was great about you know just getting a new album or whatever. You know, with ACDC, it's like it's something new from them. But I feel like a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of artists that you listen to. And it's just, you know, you've heard it so many times, it kind of burns you out a little bit. Like, like I love sweet, if I love Guns N' Roses, but if I hear, every time I hear Sweet Child of Mine, there's two reactions. One is like, oh shit, not this again. And the other's like, oh, this is a good song. But it it depends what mood I'm in. Because if I I can be in a mood that's like, Is there any need to play that song anymore? What song? Sweet Child of Mine or what? Like, like FM radio, there's no need yeah. to play that song. Like, you know, you, you can maybe try playing Rocket Queen, you know? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's what kills uh, Mr. Brownstone. FM. Like, there's a, you know, yeah, there's so many great songs. songs. Yeah, how about playing that? Instead of hearing the uh, Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child of Mine for, you know, a, a thousand times on FM radio. That's yeah, what it, FM radio. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's just really, it's it's too much sometimes. But, you know, so that's what, what YouTube was for me. It was like they were a band that I got into and, uh, you know, October, boy, Unforgettable Fire. And then it was like, then they exploded. And then it was like, you just, you, they just played them nonstop. And I go, if I go to Rite Aid right now and to pick up some milk, they'll be playing you too. You know what I mean? Like they're just everywhere. <laughs> I saw them a couple of years ago uh, with a, a comic friend of ours, uh, Alan Fuchs. Mm. Uh, we went to go see them. Uh, they were on the Joshua Tree tour, and they were doing. Well, they were just doing the whole album, right? Yeah, right. They opened. Yeah. But they, it was great. They opened up with uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday. You know, they opened up with a couple, like three, like hits. Then they yeah. go to uh, on on a smaller stage. Then they go over to the main stage and do Joshua Tree from beginning to end, and it yeah. is a great album to hear from beginning to end. And then they yeah. come back. It was for me, not anymore. But yeah, it was. well, for, for, when, for when reasons, it came out, for reasons mentioned. <laughs> And then they came out and they started doing like, you know, they did a, what was the, the standout song for me? Uh, Elevation. Elevation was great, great live. Yeah. It's like, you know, so they, they still do it for me. I, I, I still love. No, they're a good uh, band. One thing that I had a good time doing while I was on the road, you know, I drove from uh, New York to Columbus, Ohio. It's about an eight hour drive and uh, it's a little time in the car. And so what I decided to do, I was like, you know what, I'm going to pick an artist and I'm going to try to listen to, you know, their albums chronologically and just kind mm-hmm. of get a, you know, it was a really cool thing. So I picked Led Zeppelin and uh, oh, it was interesting. It was interesting to, you know, and I, I got through almost all of them and it was, it was a lot of fun, really? like just kind of, you know, just absorbing each album and, you know, from the first album to the second to the third, you know, it was really, it was really cool to kind of like see the progression of kind of how they moved away from this, you know, just complete bluesy sound to this other thing that was kind of their own. And it was cool, man. It was definitely something I recommend. And I'm going to try to do more of that, which, you know, if, if you get a chance, I think it's a cool thing to do to get the evolution of the artist, you know? Uh, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. When you yeah. go, you're right. When you, especially with Zeppelin, when you hear from the beginning, like the first album with uh, babe, I'm going to leave you. Right. Which is one of my yeah. old, to the, to the last real album with uh, in through the outdoor uh, in the evening and how yeah. much different the sound really was. You, yeah. Right. There's, there's one album that I wasn't that familiar with. Um, Presence. Presence. Yeah. And yeah. that is a great album. And it was like the songs are like six minutes long and they're just had like, Achilles last stand. That yeah. was like, the, yeah. I was, and that was, yeah, I wasn't familiar with it at all, to be honest with you. And I was like, and it was so cool that if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have found it. 
And it was great. I, it was one of my favorites. And I enjoyed all the hits and all the great Maybe, music. Yeah. And, you know, that was my first band that I saw. My mom took me to Led Zeppelin when I was seven. And Jesus so that, that was my first concert. So, you know, I have this kind of, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, night, you know, kind of rock and roll thing. But it's, uh, but yeah, so yeah, but that album I wasn't that familiar with. And so it was so cool mm. to hear a lot of, you know, just a lot of musical riffs on that, you know, drums and just guitar solos and stuff. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me, me and you, we, we, we missed a lot of it. But remember, we had a chance to see uh, Jason Bonham. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Peter Frampton. Yeah, that was that was a great, great show. But remember, they did a they ended, I think, with Stairway, and that was yeah. I I think we got there right last two Zeppelin songs. Yeah, last two. (laughs) I think they were doing Black Dog when we walked in, and then they closed with uh, they were like, "That's it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That, that, Peter that was probably my it, fault too it, because it, I got it, the time mixed up. As <laughs> it happens, it happens. No, it was fun, and that was uh, you know, that was cool. Like you introduced me a little, like you know, Peter Frampton is kind of you know one of those guys that um, he was great. Yeah, but you know what I was going to say was you know he's one of those guys that like you know a little before my time you know in the sense of when I was able to kind of like purchase music. And He's like go out and buy and buy it myself. And so it's like, but he was a guy that was always around and he was always popular and people always talked about him and stuff. And so, but to see him live is, and never really seeing him live and just to realize how amazing guitarist he was. Oh and that's my one God. thing that I picked yes. up on. It was how great a yes. guitarist he was. And, uh, you know, it was, and he went into this blues thing and I ended up buying my, my father-in-law, uh, he's a big vinyl, uh, vinyl guy and a blues guy. So I bought him, you know, uh, Peter Frampton's uh, blues album that he had released that year at the concert. And I, I bought it at the concert. But it's such a great album. It's just all blues songs, like old old classic blues stuff. And he can shred on guitar. He's so good. You remember what he, he did? He, he did a great, great version of Why My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, so good. Which and is he did, my he did like some Soundgarden and stuff too. He did some like... Oh, he did it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you're, you're right. He he started off like with a, a a nice, a long solo, and then went into Black Hole Sun. Yeah, yeah, so cool, so yeah. cool. So so yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like sometimes it takes seeing a band live to really you know realize how good they are, you know, and seeing an artists live because you really get a sense of them. Was... You know, it's the thing. It's like when people always shit on bands and stuff, like like sometimes like uh, people shit on Dave Matthews Band. Like that's a big, big, there's certain bands like Nickelback, Dave Matthews Band. Um, you know, people like to, to shit on these bands. And, you know, someone took me to uh, Dave Matthews Band and it was, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things I wouldn't have gone otherwise if someone had taken me. But they're musically, they're amazing. And it's like, maybe they have some cheesy hits that maybe all the kids, the college kids at the time liked or whatever. But I mean, they're pulling out a fiddle and he's just doing Watchtower. And it's like, you know, I mean, they're great musicians. You know, you can't take that away from them, whether you like what they're doing or, you know, if you feel like they're, you know, kind of their audience is a bunch of dummies or whatever. I feel like uh, the band is great. So anyway, it's a band that I never would appreciate it if I hadn't seen them live. And then when you see them live, you're like, these fuckers can play. I don't care what you say, you know? And so that's kind of one of those bands that, you know, I feel like seeing live made a difference in how I, I viewed them. Because otherwise I'd be like, ah, it's, you know, whatever that band. And then it was kind of, you know, anyway, I, know. Such I, a good worked band. A, I worked a few shows with them and musically, I, musician-wise, they're great. They're like, up there with Fish as yeah, being like- the, They can but, get down, man. But, but I, I could never, never like put them on in my car while I was driving. 
I'm that's sure there's, I'm sure, you know, I'm hoping they have like a B-side kind of uh, <laughs> list of songs that I've never heard of, but I bet we're good. It's just those three songs that everybody plays. You're probably tired of, but I, I bet there's some good songs. That, that, I, 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 any yeah. band, I could find like a couple of songs. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. I could. Man, that's most that, bands, but, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. We don't always like every song. But, no, but uh, I, mean, I could find something. I can find something like, oh, okay. really? Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. understand the hate on you Dave can, Matthews. I really don't. I don't. I don't, it. I don't think it's. You know, it's, it's not for me. I, I don't like jam bands. Did you like the Grateful Dead? Um, I can listen to it and enjoy. I'm more of an Almond Brothers guy, which is a jam oh, band. You, but that's a jam band. Them. That's a jam band. But, but, uh, a, it is a, a jam band. You can't. You can't say it's, it's not a jam level. band. The different it level doesn't matter. It's still a jam band. It's, I mean, they're the Southern, Southern Beatles, rock. but it's still it's still a jam band. I mean, their songs I, are like nine minutes. Yeah, and, there's something about the way like Dickie Betts and Dwayne Ullman, and then later on, uh, still a jam band. Okay, all right. so it's, <laughs> <laughs> trust me. I saw them. I saw them every year. March in March, I would go to the Beacon. I saw oh, them six the times, beacon. and it was yeah. like you know, there's trucks, and all kinds of. It was beautiful. But they would jam out, and everybody smoke weed, and they'd jam a song for like fifteen minutes. Did you did you see them like near the end when they had Derek Trucks in the band? I did I did that was great. Yeah, oh, God. he was great. It was when he was young as hell, man. Like yeah, he had just come out. Like so, yeah, he was phenomenal to watch him kind of just start playing like that with those guys. Yeah, it was great. I also I mean, saw him with the band. Yeah, he was. Um, I saw them with Willie Nelson, him and his wife. I guess have a band. That was great. Speaking of Willie Nelson, I. I heard a beautiful version. You know the song um, Rainbow Connection? I think so, yeah. It was from like a Muppets uh, movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah uh, written written about, by yeah. Paul Williams, but I heard sure, Willie sure, Nelson sure. do it. And he has that It's little, on a commercial, I think, right yeah, now. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little country twang to it. I, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's why I heard, heard it. I was like, you know, is that Willie Nelson? So I, I went and I looked it up and I started listening to it. I was like, man, fucking Willie Nelson. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Willie's great. I saw Willie. I've seen him live like four times. He's so good every time. He's such a great, um, such a great musician, such a cool dude and like a great spirit about him. And, and he's such a good songwriter. Like he wrote a lot of great songs. Like he wrote uh, crazy for uh, Patsy Cline's biggest yes. hit. It's like, you know, he wrote a bunch of stuff and you know, it's like he, he's so good. He's another one that's still jamming in his eighties and uh, he still sounds great. Um, seen him concert uh, recently and he, you know, he's still plucking the guitar, doing a solo. His son is really good too. Son's very talented. Mm. And um, you know, he's, his son's, his son's a great, great blues guitarist. Okay. But, uh, um, so just two things. Um, yes. November 27th. Okay, that's that's the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, two 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 major releases: okay. uh, new Miley Cyrus music coming out, uh, <laughs> Plastic Hearts. Okay, I know you're a big Miley Cyrus fan. You know, Party in the USA, <laughs> Dustin. You know, you're, 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 you know. and uh, and Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins I? I like. That's a cool band. But yeah, I don't know about Miley band, Cyrus. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say Miley Cyrus on this show. But you know, you're a fan, so you like Jewel. So I'll let you slide. <laughs> what? Listen, I'm Miley Cyrus. Geez. Come on, dude. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a major release, and you know, just, listen. Uh, Are you buying that album? You're not buying that album. Absolutely not. Are you crazy? <laughs> okay. All right. You know, a listen, little bit. I'm someone, a little crazy. Yeah. There may be um, someone who will listen to this and say, "Oh, listen, these guys never bring up Miley Cyrus." 
Yeah, I don't, think, anybody, we'll I don't think anybody's doing that ever. I, don't think, I think you could be right about that. I don't know. I'm- Smashing Pumpkins, that's exciting. That's a band. You know, I told you before, I missed a lot of the grunge stuff. So, um, but I've, you know, I, that's one of the bands that I kind of seeked out when I missed the boat. And uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins are probably my favorite of that, you know, mm. that group of music. And um, yeah, I'm, that's, I bet that's a great album. I'm very excited for a new Yeah, Smashing James Pumpkins. is back in the band. He's the original. Yeah. Uh, rhythm guitarist so uh it's great and such d- good lyrics man fucking pumpkins man right out of cage like just good good lyrics man lyrically i really love the pumpkins yeah they have one of my favorite uh songs uh off of uh melancholy and the uh infinite sorrow i love the opening track tonight tonight uh, you know it, it, it built up such a great crescendo i did one of these wormholes where i probably spent about two hours just listening to every version of that song i could find uh they do a great version they they did it on the um mtv music awards with an orchestra behind them it sounded nice. so good and then if you yeah. ever watch the video of it it's um it's a takeoff on one of the first uh movies ever made called a trip to the moon you know it's that oh, cheesy sweet. young man yeah, in the yeah. moon face very cool uh, yeah, so so the whole video. You know, well, you know, I'm not a big fan of the orchestra behind a rock band, but you know, well, I'll give it a chance. How would I know that? <laughs> we talked about it. I talked about Metallica. We talked about it last you didn't week. Like that? I'm just not a fan of it. I just wow. like uh, it's a weird thing. It's not. I mean, you know, it's like whatever. I just feel like I want. My, I like. I love uh, classical music. I just kind of you know that's one fusion that I'm not quite on board mm. with yet. See, I like the depth that it brings to it. And the first time I ever heard that was um, Elton John had an album out called Live from Australia. Yeah, that makes he's, that makes a little more sense. He's playing a piano. That That's a little more than electric guitar is a little different for me. Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but I, yeah. I, I, I don't hate it, especially the way when they do it with Metallica. Again, I, th- I think it brings something to it. Uh, Have you seen the Steve Vai? He's done that. It's, pre- it's pretty interesting. No, I, I, what the, I saw it. T- Two recently, so Joey Tempest yeah. of um, of uh, Europe uh, okay. doing it with the big uh, band behind Europe. him, and wow. uh, what's his name, uh, Tommy Shaw from Sticks, okay. with, you know, having a big orchestra behind him. I, I thought I thought it made the song sound Sticks, great. Like Sticks makes sense, you know, kind of they're kind of a big band. Like Chicago would make sense. There's certain bands that make sense because they have those kind of elements in their music. But I don't know when you take like a I don't know, because Metallica to me is kind of a grunge rock kind of punk band and then metal, speed metal stuff. And then you just get to the orchestra. I don't know. Like, that's another thing I had an argument about with the ACDC was somebody was saying, yeah, they don't have, you know, they they don't have any ballads. And I was like, yeah, that's what I like about ACDC. No freaking ballads and no orchestra (laughs) music. They just do straight rock and roll. (laughs) <laughs> well, you, you they don't need the right Phil there. Harmonic. They just they just need Angus and a little schoolboy outfit, and he's still wearing it, by the way. And he just, they're just rocking. He's got a Depends in there, but he's still wearing it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you go to an AC. Right, you can't see like AC DC fans. Like now, we're gonna do a love song, and they're not gonna do a, you know every rose has its thorn. That is no. not an AC DC. And they're not gonna have an orchestra. All right. No. Like, like, did, could, could you ever see Motorhead? They, they're gonna we're gonna slow it down. There'd be a riot if they if they had those words. They have written. some covers that are a little slower, but yeah, they definitely their covers are kind of funny. They've done it, you know. But uh, yeah, they definitely didn't slow down. That's another one. I that was the second one I tried to do was uh, all the Motorhead and chronological, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm about halfway through. So but that's, Led Zeppelin of all the bands. That's a, that's a little surprising for me to hear you say that. My first concert was Led Zeppelin. Why would that? Why would that be surprised? We've talked about Zeppelin for hours, you and I. Why would that surprise you? I wear Zeppelin shirts. I talk about I love Led Zeppelin. Why would that surprise you? 
just seems what so you, random. Why does it seem random? It's a, I'm yeah, a rock and roll guy. Yeah, you are a rock and roll guy. Why wouldn't I, I like Led Zeppelin? <laughs> How's that random? I can see you saying, you know what? Let me hear some stones and, you know, playing some stones. I don't stones like record. the stones. That's one thing I, I t- I'll say it right now. The first Rolling I, Stone album, I could not get through it. I hate it. It's horrible. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get six songs in. It sounds like everything else that happened in the 60s. It's like, it's just a, it's a hack album. I couldn't take it. It's all, it's, it sounds doo-woppy. It sounds. Uh, oh, my head's going to explode. You don't the like first, this. The first Rolling Stones album you like? I don't think no, it's no, good. I, I, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm talking about that catalog. I talked about the, I'm talking about the first album. The Rolling Stones album. It's not, it's not, it's not the Rolling Stones that you're talking about. Okay, you can say that about a lot of bands too. No, I didn't say that about Led Zeppelin. Out of the gate, they sounded amazing. Zeppelin off the bat is off the charts great. You know, you also... Motorhead sounded great. There's a lot of bands that sound great off the top. Okay, but I'll give you one of my all-time favorite bands. I love Pink Floyd. Come on, man. Cars' first album is a great six album. It's great. First two Cars albums is great. But um, Pink Floyd, the first album, uh, it's the only album that has uh, Sid Barrett on it, by the way is completely different. They don't hit their stride. They come out with about f- three, four hours before they came out with Dark Side of the Moon. And then the thing is with Pink Floyd, though, becomes it, amazing. It, it, yeah, but at least it's their own sound. The problem I had with the first well, the sound changed. It did sound, but it's still them. Like, you still feel... Not when like you hear the first album, Dustin. Listen to the I've first heard one. it. I'll hear it again. But I, you know, but you still, it has a distinctive sound that's different. What I had problem with the Rolling Stones, it just sounded like everything else. I feel like they just ripped off every black artist that they could, that they were listening to at the time. That's what it felt like. It felt like it's, it, you know, the first Rolling Stones album. It felt like that. Let me throw a song. Do you like the song Wild Horses? I used to. Nice it's pretty good. Tune. It's, I love it. I know the song. Um, I just, it's all right. It's, I used to love it. And now I'm kind of, it's one of those I've heard a lot. So I'm not that. Do you have a favorite good. Rolling Stones song? Uh, brown sugar, probably. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I have quite a few, I guess. You know, but uh, start me up is good. That's the later stuff. Um, I, I like a lot of Rolling Stones. I love the Stones as a band. It's the same reason I like Bruce Bruce Springsteen as a as a musician. But I'm not like you know. I've seen them live. I saw them on the Steel Wheels tour. You know, Living Color opened up for them. I see. You know, I've I've been around some Stones. I just it was kind of one of those things where I just didn't enjoy the first album like I wanted to. That's all. I felt like when in the Led Zeppelin one, I couldn't, couldn't wait to get to the next one. Whereas I feel like with uh, the stones, it was kind of like, eh, I, I could tell that they were finding their, what are the Beatles? We're out of the gate. We're, you know, found it. Whereas I feel the stones, it took them a little time to get that thing going. And I feel like, um, you know, you're probably right about Pink Floyd as well, but I feel like, you know, I just didn't expect that from the stones. I kind of well, felt like I knew more about the stones than I did. And then when I heard the first album, I was like, okay, that's, that's, it comes a little later. I feel they really get their groove later. Yeah. I think with Floyd is one, Sid leaves the band and then yeah. two, uh, David Gilmore comes into the band because uh, he's not on the first album, yeah. and that changes the whole dynamic of, of okay. it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, writing between Roger Waters and uh, Gilmore. Rolling Stones is one of the greatest bands of all time. I was just saying when it was like just you know, just but listening to chronological stuff, it's like you just you know you just start to see the bands kind of evolve, and it's like you know that first that first album it surprised me. That's all. It's just like I just didn't I did I wasn't I wasn't locked in. Whereas like Zeppelin was locked in. I was like, oh, it's like it all made sense. Like, oh, God, I mean, that's why this band, you know, exploded when they did. Whereas I feel the Stones had, you know, what is it? Probably the third album, second album they really hit. I don't know. I, 
Yeah, I'm, I think there was, I'm going to say like probably by the third album. Uh, I'm yeah. trying. Uh, God, I'm not in Stone's head right now. Uh, I'm, and, I'm and that's the, the thing with the Run DMC. This is their third album, so sometimes it takes, you know, it takes it takes some time. And well, I this think becomes. So. I think this becomes their their classic. This is their masterpiece. Yeah. You know, but I think the first album you could hear that they were going to be great again. Rockbox yeah. was was off the charts. Great. Yeah, but this album is you know it's put together so well. It has all the elements that you want, you know, and a kind of Ruben. every song kind of popping and it's so much fun. So uh, run DMC, baby. And next week we're, <laughs> we're going back to classic rock. Okay. All right. Hit me up. All right, everybody. This has been our show. Little tiny Elvis <laughs> says hello. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Is Adam back? <laughs> What's up? Did Adam finally get back? Yeah, Adam left. Here. Adam went to yeah. We were trying to bring you in earlier about Run DMC, and we I said you went to Papa John's. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know too much about Run DMC other than uh, walking. You know, this way. Beastie Boys. Yep. All right. Well, that's where that's where it came from. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show, uh, watching our show, and please leave comments and spread the word. We could use. Uh, some uh, love on this show and uh yeah if you have a favorite album you'd like us to cover uh hit us in the comments and let us know we'd love to uh dissect any albums that, that are your favorites and uh thank you for watching the show dustin's vinyl i'm dustin chapin that is jeffrey paul. paul thank you everybody so long everyone so long so long <laughs>